0: Hopefully by now you are ready and prepared for Christmas. As you know, we're taking a short break while we prepare some awesome content and fresh new content for you for the new year. This week, I wanted to bring back this episode as a replay because money can strain a relationship, but being able to have money conversations minimizes that. In this episode, we'll teach you those money conversations you need to have one more thing before i forget sign up for the waitlist for the new limited series private podcast private being the keyword because it's not available to the public where we explore why budgeting is so misunderstood and how you can make it work for you once and for all you can get notified by submitting your details to genhemphill.com forward slash limited that is slash limited forward slash limited. Okay, let's get to the replay. Que lo disfrutes y que tengas una linda Navidad. So for today, solo somos las dos. It's just you and me. And I wanted to focus on money conversations no couples should ignore. In today's episode, I'm going to dive deep into these eight money conversations that we shouldn't be ignoring. I'm going to break down each of the money conversations and tell you the importance of it. Like, why should you not ignore it? And then I'm also going to give you a breakdown of a few things to consider for each type of money conversation. Here are the eight money conversations no couple should ignore. And these aren't in any particular order. They're just in a random order. The first money conversation we should not ignore is about the rules for lending money to friends or family members. Now, I have personal experience with this. If you received an email recently, you'll know if you've heard me being a guest in some podcasts, I have talked about it. I probably have talked about it on this podcast as well. But early in our marriage, lending or gifting money to family members, it caused a lot of tension in our marriage. So this is a conversation that you need to have because you both need to be on the same page. My husband and I weren't on the same page (laughs) early on, and that's why it caused a lot of tension. He is very big hearted. He wanted to give. And I'm not that I'm not, you know, I'm not mean. I promise you. And I think you know this but I saw it differently. I felt like it was, we weren't in a position to be gifting or lending money. He saw it as a gifting, I saw it as lending. So there was a lot of lessons that we learned and this is what we did about this. We basically, because I knew this was something that was important to him and I do like to help, but my point for me or what was important to me is just, I didn't want us the fact of having to lend or gift money to a family member to put us in a bad financial position or really keep us from achieving our goals, right? Because that's what was happening. If we would be lending money, we would have to take it from emergency savings or we would have to scramble and figure out this and that. That was no fun. So what we did was we decided on a money amount that made sense for us that we could put away every single month. It's just a little bit of money that we put away. And a family member is in dire straits and needs some money. We look at that account because that account is not disrupting anything that we need to be doing on a monthly basis. It's not disrupting from us paying our bills, from our financial goals, anything, because it's just money that we set aside, right? So we set that money aside. And then if someone comes and is in need of money, we just look at that pot of money. And if we don't use it, it's just bonus monies for us, right? And the other part of this that I think you should consider is the gifting or giving versus lending. That's something that you need to discuss because when you are, quote unquote, lending money to a family member, that could put your relationship with a family member, if you're expecting it back, that could cause some tension. So. What I have learned is that it's just better to gift than to lend. That way, if you gift it and they never give it back, it's completely okay because you have all the intentions of gifting it. How you communicate with them, that's completely up to you. Whether you say this is a gift to you or I'm lending you the money, but in your mind, you keep in mind that it's gifting, that's completely up to you, but just have no expectations to get that money back. And if you do, hey, that's fantastic. So you want to get on the same page in terms of lending money to friends, family members. And you want to decide what makes it easier is just deciding on a monthly amount that you can set aside. Doesn't have to be large. And then if that conversation comes up with a family member, you just look at that money that you set aside so you're not disrupting Anything that you're trying to do on a monthly basis, and the other thing to remember is that you want to gift versus lend because that way that relationship with that family member is not going to be jeopardized, right? So that's conversation number one that you should not ignore. Money conversation number two is the subject of caring for family. You need to talk about this ahead of time to handle them, unknowns. Life is life. We get older by the day, (laughs) a family member may become ill, a parent, they may have a really serious illness, they may pass away, whatever the case, you need to have this conversation with your spouse in terms of how do we handle this, and even involve your family too, whether siblings, all that. But you definitely need to have a conversation with your spouse because maybe your significant other or your spouse, maybe that's not something, the amount of responsibility or the how much they want to be involved may differ from what you're thinking. So you need to have that conversation so you know, okay, your spouse or your significant other is wanting to get involved this much, this, you know, and you need to obviously think about money as well, and really make sure you are on the same page, or that you can talk ahead of time where you can negotiate and just find yourself somewhere in the middle. All right. So that's conversation number two, that you should ignore is when it comes to caring for the family, if a family member gets ill. If a family member passes away, there's a lot of different things and details to take care of. How are you going to handle it as a couple? Are you on the same page as how involved you're going to be and financially as well, what you can contribute? Granted, you may not know how much money is needed, but are you willing to contribute financially as well? So that's conversation number two. Conversation number three, you shouldn't ignore is on the subject of your kids and money. Of course, we know when raising kids, they cost money, right? But you want to have the conversation when it comes to purchases of a car, like when they get older. Are you going to be purchasing a car for them? Are you going to have them work to purchase their own car? How are you going to handle these situations? And I'm going to tell you how I have. My thinking on this has evolved over time, especially having a 16-year-old. You want to talk about colleges as well. Is this something that you both are on the same page to contribute? Because it could be your spouse or you. Maybe it's you that says, oh, once they're out of the house, it's their responsibility. And maybe your spouse is saying, I want to help financially for college, right? So you need to be on the same page. These are just some areas, the car, the colleges, allowance. Maybe you or your spouse wants to give allowance to your kid or your kids and the other spouse is really not interested. So you need to be on the same page. You need to have those discussions. So let me tell you a little bit why I think this is important and especially how my thoughts have evolved over the years, especially when it comes to a car and a team. At the very beginning, especially even when I've even spoken about it on this podcast, when it comes to cars, and I always thought when my team became of age to drive a car, manejar un carro is what I was going to say, is my thoughts were like, it's their responsibility to get their own car. Because in my view, I had to get my own car. I didn't have a car until I was able to purchase my own car. But things have evolved and I'm going to share with you how things have changed in my mind because now my oldest, he's 16. He's driving and I'm seeing that where once I was like, oh, if he wants a car, he has to get and Even I had told him, you have to get it on your own. And My husband was the the same way too because that's how he was brought up. But this is the first time we're going through. A child with a driver's license. So we're kind of learning lessons as we go along because this is our first rodeo with this. But I've noticed with his responsibilities or the things that he has to be in, it does make it easier for him to drive himself. But now that we have two cars, that's still not enough. So, how I have shifted my perspective is I'm still on the camp of not buying him a car. I feel like Once he's able and has a stable job in terms of having enough money to take care of a car, the responsibilities of a car, of a car payment, insurance, gas, then I think definitely him buying a car. But at this time, because of his responsibilities with school, sports, and the things has going on, there is no time to do that. So how I have shifted my thinking is We can lend him a car. So actually, we have discussed buying a third car because we're needing to replace one of the cars. One, our car is like almost at the 200,000 mile mark. So that car needs to be replaced. And so we're thinking of buying a third car where the oldest car, that 200,000 mile car, he can drive to and from school, soccer practices, all that good stuff. But he's clear that this is a car that it is not his car, it's the family car, and it's being lent to him to drive responsibly. So there's rules and things of that sort. But that's how I shifted my thinking, because I'm seeing the things that he has going on. And there's no possible way that he can carry a part-time job, attend school, the time commitment that he has after school for soccer and other activities. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Activities, It would be very challenging and keeping up with the schoolwork and grades, right? So that's how I feared off and I wanted to share that with you. That's why it's important to have these conversations because even during the scope of time, you may shift your way of thinking, because you're learning some things like I have. So I want to share with that. So when it comes to kids, have those conversations in terms of those big expenses that can come up, car, college, if you're wanting to give your kids allowance, those sort of things, just have the discussion and make sure you are on the same page. And in terms of college, it's just having a discussion of how are you going to be supporting them financially, What is your stance as a couple for that? So, all right, I'm going to continue on because I went on longer than I wanted to. So that's money conversation number three that no couple should ignore. The fourth money conversation that you should not ignore is about debt. Whether you're married or just in a relationship and not married, maybe both of you have debt. So if you're bringing debt to a relationship, it's a conversation that you need to have and understand, but even if you're not married, even if you're not married, because if you are in a relationship, especially a serious relationship, so I should say that a serious relationship, you need to have those conversations of debt, how you're handling that, because if debt is a big burden on you, they need to understand that, especially if you're in a relationship with them. And if you're married and you're or about to get married, you need to have that conversation with your future spouse so they know what debt you're bringing in, what your biggest priority is in terms of debt, like what is the one that's really paining you and is really a big burden on you. So that way they understand because if you're coming in, let's say you both are coming into the marriage, right? You're about to get married, you're both coming into the marriage with debt. You don't talk about it. You're let's say you're stressed, but the other doesn't really understand what's going on. And it may be because there's a burden of debt. And if you have that conversation, you can strategize, okay, I have this debt, you have this, this. What is the best way that we can help each other to knock this debt out. So you need to have that conversation versus carrying that guilt and shame that I brought debt to this relationship. So hopefully that is helpful. So that's conversation number four that you shouldn't ignore is a conversation on debt, on that individual debt that you may be bringing to the relationship. Again, it doesn't matter if you're married or not. If you're in a serious relationship, it's important just to have that conversation. Granted, if you just are dating, maybe it's not the conversation to have at the moment. You be the judge of the, how serious that relationship is and you, you'll know if you should have that conversation at the moment. Just when you're know, the first date, probably not. <laughs> All right. So that's money conversation number four that you should ignore. <laughs> taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you, this show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend, and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. The fifth money conversation you shouldn't ignore involves spending. If you are in a relationship, you need to decide ahead of time. Let's say you're out somewhere and you see some shoes or you see something that you really like and you want to buy it. You need to have a conversation ahead of time. What is that dollar amount that you should discuss with your significant other before making a purchase? Is it $100? If it's something $100 and above, is it $75 and above where you need to actually discuss with your spouse before you make that purchase? What is that dollar amount for your relationship that needs to be discussed before spending that money? Another thing to consider here is to, I'm a big fan of having your own individual pocket of money. So what that is, varies from couple to couple. But I find that if you have your own individual pocket of money, where it's kind of like your own allowance, if you will, if you have kids, it's kind of like you have in your own allowance. But if you have that individual pocket of money that you can spend with no questions asked, that makes you feel good because you came into a relationship independent. So you need that Pocket of money to spend to not really have to report into someone. So I think that's important and I think that will help as well. That's just an added tip here. So when you're discussing the dollar amount that needs to be discussed before spending, another part to help with that is just to possibly have individual pockets of money. How much that is, that is some conversation that you both need to have. All right. So off to the next conversation. So that is conversation number five that you shouldn't ignore is about the dollar amount that you need to discuss, setting an amount that you need to discuss before you actually spent, whether that's $75, if it's $100, whatever that is. All right. Money conversation number six. It really is about are you combining the money cuz usually in a relationship especially when it comes to marriage and you know this goes whether you're married or you're not cuz i know we live in an area where a lot of people aren't getting married to a much later, later date but it used to be and it has evolved that you automatically think when you get married you create this joint account right and even if both people are making money You need to have the conversation. Okay. What are we going to do? Are we going to have joint accounts where we put both of our incomes in there and all the bills are taken out of there? Are we going to have separate accounts where we each have our own money going into a separate account? And from there, we are responsible for certain bills or is it going to be a combination of the two? How are you going to combine or not combine? that money. So that's a conversation that needs to be had as well. And a conversation you shouldn't ignore. So that's money conversation. Number six is talking about what are you going to do with your money? Are you going to combine it? Are you not? What are you going to do? So that way doesn't cause a lot of chaos in your relationship. Money conversation number seven is really discussing your money stories. I really, really believe that it's important to understand each other's upbringing around money, so you understand why your partner is the way they are with money. And if you haven't had a conversation of getting to know each other's money story, time to do so. It's going to be so helpful, and it's not a hard conversation to have, right? So it's just a matter of just getting to know. How do it on a date night? Have some fun with it. You ask maybe. Ahead of time, just write some questions, some fun questions that you can ask your partner. Just make sure that you do this because the better you understand your partner and not just especially around the money area, the better you understand why they are the way they are with money. So I can't stress enough how important it is to have the conversation about your individual money stories. So that's money conversation number seven that you should not ignore. Money conversation number eight is all about your goals, your individual aspirations. How are you wanting to retire in the future? So you need to learn about each other's individual goals. So yes, as a couple, you're going to have goals jointly, right? But you also, you're a human being, you're You are going to be wanting to have your individual goals and aspirations, and that's completely okay, but you have to learn about that, and you need to know that about each other. You want to really be on the same page on retirement, especially if you're in a marriage or in a long-term relationship. How are you envisioning your retirement to look like? Is the vision very similar amongst the two of you, or is there a big difference? So you need to make sure you have that conversation. And it's also good to talk about those fun legal documents, the wills, and understand each other's desires if either of you become incapacitated or when you pass away, you need to understand your desires in that. Okay, so that's money conversation number eight. That was long. I'm curious, what else would you add to the list? I would absolutely love to hear it. Join us in our community and share your thoughts. So let's do a quick recap of the eight money conversations no couple should ignore. Number one is about the rules for lending or gifting money to your family members or friends. Money conversation number two is in regards to caring for family, especially in the future when illnesses arise. Money conversation number three is in regards to your kids. Are you going to be giving them a car? Are they going to buy their own car? Are you going to be helping with college or not? Are you going to be giving them allowance? Those sort of money conversations. Money conversation number four is about your individual debt and how to handle those debts. And money conversation number five is the limit, the dollar amount limit that you need to discuss before spending what is that amount? $75, $100, and anything below that you can spend without talking to your partner. Money conversation number six is how are you going to combine money? Are you going to have joint accounts, separate accounts, a combination of the both? And money conversation number seven is about learning your individual money stories. And money conversation number eight is about your goals and individual aspirations. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and found this helpful. Definitely, as I mentioned earlier, let me know what else you would add to the list as I would love to know your thoughts. So today's question or today's pregunta of the week is out of the eight money conversations we discussed today, which one is the biggest priority for you? So let me know. That is a wrap for today. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. Be sure to check out this week's brief show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 173 to refer back to everything you need to know from the show. Just consider it your cliff notes for this episode. Also, don't forget if you love this episode or this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or even a stranger. Nunca se sabe. You never know when someone is in pain in their financial life. Just the sheer sharing of this podcast or episode may be the push or inspiration they need to move forward. Until then, stay consistent on those money actions and habits so you can not only be the reina of your money, but love your dinero more. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.